Right, here we go. Let's open up the mailbox. Here it is here. What's come in recently? Uh, we'll click on this one. Better Homes and Gardens Daily Inspiration. Fuck's sake, why did I sign up to this one? Yeah, this might be a tough one to get a show out of, but we'll give it a try. So, how to handle and cook poultry so you don't get sick. Stay safe when you're working with poultry. Following our tips for properly preparing and cooking poultry will help you and your family avoid illness. That's good. Learn the proper methods for handling raw chicken, why you should never rinse poultry in the sink, how to avoid cross-contamination and how to safely defrost frozen poultry by Sheena Chikak. Um, and this was updated the 29th of June, so a while ago. Uh, but in April 2019, um, the US Centers for Disease Control Prevention, the CDC, tweeted and warned customers not to wash or rinse raw chicken before cooking it. Uh, there was already standard for the CDC, uh, and the Better Homes and Gardens test kitchen for gears, but the CDC's tweet still sparked some debate. Some agreed that there's no reason to rinse raw chicken, while others argued that it's necessary to wash off some of the sliminess that results from the packaging. But rinsing your raw chicken or any meat isn't just unnecessary, it can be dangerous. Thanks to a new study, the USDA is expanding on the CDC's previous warning. Now, this already has made me want to lose the will to live. And I've got 13 minutes to go. Fuck me. Raw chicken, along with all raw meat, can carry bacteria. And when you rinse it in your faucet or spray it in the sink, you're splashing those bacteria all around your kitchen. The bacteria can splash down into your sink and water with bacteria from the meat could splash onto your counters, your clothes and other food utensils nearby. Any of those surfaces can become contaminated and give you and your family food poisoning. So don't be washing that chicken. Seems to be the general gist of this. Tips for handling raw chicken and poultry. If you're cooking up chicken breast for dinner tonight or grilling a whole chicken, keep food safety top of the mind. Because that's always what you're thinking about when you're just about to tear into a big fucking chicken. But here are a few tips uh, you should always follow when you're working with raw chicken or poultry. So you need to store it right. Uh, proper storage is the first step in ensuring safety poultry in the fridge. For safety and optimal freshness, the answer is how long is raw chicken good in the fridge is one to two days. This applies to poultry pieces such as breasts as well as fresh whole chickens. You can keep it in the freezer um, once you've purchased it. Tightly wrapped in the freezer up to nine months Whole chickens and turkeys can be frozen for a full year. Prevent dripping juices. Nobody wants drippy juices everywhere. Uh, whether your raw poultry is going straight from the grocery bag to the fridge or moving from freezer to fridge to thaw, place the container inside a disposable bag or food storage container that can be thoroughly washed. This prevents juices from a raw chicken in the fridge from dripping onto other foods or shelves. Keep it in the fridge. Never marinate or thaw poultry on the counter Always keep poultry in the refrigerator until you're ready to cook it. Now, I've been watching MasterChef and they always marinate it just in a wee bowl for an hour or two before they cook it and they don't put it in the fridge. So, um, 
get a hold of those two guys. What's the baldy guy's name? The other guy? Mark Throw and... I can't mind. Anyway, you've got to prep it safely as well. When you're ready to start cooking uh, with your safely stored poultry, keep those food handling tips in mind. Keep it clean. Always wash your hands. Yep. Work surfaces, the sink, utensils and hot soapy water after handling raw poultry to prevent spreading bacteria to other foods. Cut it right. So when cutting cutting it, use a plastic cutting board that's easier to clean and disinfect than a wooden one. Don't stuff it early. Uh, if you're planning to stuff a whole bird, uh, do so immediately before cooking. Never allow the stuffing to touch raw poultry unless you're going to cook both right away. Avoid cross-contamination. I'm, I kind of do apologise for this. You know, you ever just look at yourself and start to think, what the... What the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing in your life? Sitting, reading, better homes and gardens newsletters. Anyway, never use the same plate or utensils for uncooked and cooked poultry unless you have thoroughly washed them first. This rule applies to basting brushes as well. If you're going to baste the bird, wash the brush each time. Also, heat any marinade or basting sauce that has been in contact with the raw poultry. If it is to be served with the cooked poultry, juices from the uncooked poultry may contain bacteria. Or before you start basting, set some of the sauce aside to serve with poultry. Um, oh fuck, I just remember my sister got salmonella. I wonder if that, is that raw chicken? Was that chicken eggs or something? She got that anyway, she was pretty unwell when she was younger. Uh, poor lassie. Um, don't let it stand at room temperature longer than two hours. The bacteria will multiply rapidly, especially in warm weather. Uh, refrigerate leftovers as soon as possible. Reheat wisely. Heat leftover gravy to a rolling boil. Uh, that's obviously a specific type of boil. Um, and a covered saucepan stirring occasionally for food safety assurance. Again, I'm so sorry that I've just read that for the last couple of minutes. I don't think it's going to get any better, but no, it isn't. Oh, <laughs> fuck's sake. How to make French toast. As good as your favourite diner. Jesus. Right. A lovely picture of French toast. Right. Um, it's almost as easy as making regular toast. Whisk together f- a four ingredient egg batter for a super simple French toast that cooks to a luscious golden brown in minutes. Once you've mastered the basics, you can move on to learning how to make stuffed French toast and kid-friendly French toast sticks uh, for an even more impressive breakfast. Okay, choose the best bread. Although, like, normally I've got orange warbitons and if I was making French toast, it would be with that. Um, You can make French toast using almost any kind of bread. Some slices do produce brilliant results compared to your old warbies. Uh, Turn to buttery, rich egg brands such as Chala, which is a traditional Jewish bread, or brioche. I don't like brioche at all. I don't know, it's got like a sweetness or something to it. It's fucking, nah, it's not a mystery at all. Light and airy and soak up just enough of the egg mixture without getting soggy. Cool. I feel like just skipping this, like, ah. That's not even the first tip. Fucking hell, man. What? What am I doing? Dip the egg, uh, dip the bread in the egg mixture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense, so it does. Fucking hell. Prep a skillet or griddle. Uh, in a 10 inch skillet or griddle melt 1 tablespoon of butter over medium heat using tongs add the 4 coated bread slices to hot melted butter if you're using a smaller skillet work in smaller batches just 2 slices at a time to avoid overcrowding that pan cook until golden brown 
So two to three minutes that'll take. Uh, flip the slices over and cook two to three minutes on the other side. So about six minutes to make some uh, pretty tasty French toast. Uh, oh no, there's a picture there and some fucking maniac has put banana on their French toast. Serve the French toast. Uh, serve it warm. Maple syrup, probably the most classic French toast topper. But you can get creative with fruit flavour syrup or sauce. Slice strawberries or blueberries or any other chopped fruit. Like, I'm from Glasgow, man. Like, French toast come with, like, bacon and fucking sausages and all that. Never mind fucking strawberries and blueberries. Get that to fuck. Um, some seedless raspberry or cherry jam. That sounds pish. Uh, tasty variations. Uh, prepare as above, except substitute sliced cinnamon bread or banana bread. No, that sounds barking. Crispy coated French toast, prepare as above, except for after dipping bread into the egg mixture, coat both sides with shredded coconut. What is wrong with these people? Coconut is the worst. You know my thoughts on coconut fucking water, uh, but actual shredded coconut. Orange spice French toast, prepare as above, except stir two teaspoons of orange liqueur. Yeah, a little bit of booze in your toast. Half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon. Cinnamon's disgusting. I don't know if I like better homes and gardens anymore, but I'm fucking here um, as we speak. How to make stuffed French toast? No, I don't think I've got the skills to do that. Back to... Uh, am I going to do this one? How much time have I got left? Can I chuck it early? No, it would be far too short, so... Sorry guys, I, I presume nobody's listening to this anymore, which is totally fair enough. Uh, 14 ice cream float recipes to keep you cool this summer. Um, Better Homes and Gardens have been in contact with Martha Stewart by the sounds of it. About nice chilly drinks. Okay, sparkling rosy blueberry floats. That does go quite nice actually. It was supposedly in pressured guests. Why are you always serving these things to guests? Does nobody just make a drink for themselves while also cooling them down? Refreshing blueberry granata and creamy coconut. Oh, what? Oh, fuck this. <coughs> I'm just taking a wee break now. Oh, the rosy version of the ice cream floats for adults only. Stick some rosy wine in there. Green tea float. That looks fucking disgusting. Um, chilled green tea and match ice cream add up to a doubly green, doubly delicious ice cream float. Uh, add lots of ginger ale um, to get some bubbles in there. Fruity floats seems pretty simple. Yeah, sort of strawberries and shit like that. A champagne float again, one for the adults. Um, add a little bit of sweetness. Um, it is a far cry, supposedly from root beer. I get my pal used to think that root beer stuff. I don't get it. It tastes like the stuff now how we met. Uh, what's the. I forgot the word dentist there. I was going to say the teeth guy. Um, the dentist. It tastes like that stuff that you would wash your mouth out with. But maybe that's just me. Black cow. Um, yeah. Lots of chocolate syrup in that one. That one looks pretty good. Ginger beer shandy floats. Uh, don't mind. Don't like ginger beer either. Don't mind all these shandy every now and again. Although at the local bowling club, they look at you like you're um, a bit of a wrong one, if you ask for a shandy. Hot chocolate stout float, again, chocolatey stuff in there, looks lovely. Ginger and mint lime floats. These all look nice, but again, I'm not a massive fan of ginger. 
or mint. <laughs> right, that, that's going to sound weird. I mean, like, I don't mind mints, don't mind chewing them, but I don't particularly like mint-flavoured things. I mean, I say things, I mean, like, chocolate or ice cream or anything like that. I'm not particularly fan of that. Sparkling grapefruit sorbet. Uh, nope. Vanilla chocolate float. Yeah, now you're talking. That looks absolutely banging. Caramel apple. Uh, maybe. Fizzy mint chocolate. Yep. Root and vodka float. Now, that is the best one so far. So this grown-up float is a twist on the classic vanilla milkshake. Just combine vanilla ice cream with root beer flavour vodka and club soda. I'll just put a little bit of grey goose in there. It offers the same flavours as a root beer float. Nobody's interested in that. But the float idea is more mature and made for a party! Exclamation mark. Grape raspberry float. Yeah. So that's um, this is the worst one ever. I've almost lost the will to go, and I've got two minutes left, so I need to try and fill this space with something because there's absolutely no danger. I'm needing fifteen ice pops or. Um, these silicon ice pop moulds will make it easier um, let me see what have we got a meat thermometer if you know let's see how much that is <laughs> a clip on strainer that's a not bad idea because like I, I do make quite a lot of pasta so pour it into the strainer but this wee thing like clips onto the pan and then you just sort of scoop the pan up but normally I would I'd want to rinse the starch off a pasta so I'm not really sure um, I wouldn't be spending 15 quid on one anyway, that's for sure. That's how much it is on Amazon. Um, you can get it in nice colours, but like um, orange. <laughs> well, just in case you never knew what colours were. Uh, meat thermometer, okay. Uh, 17.95. You stick that in the meat to make sure it's tasty. <sighs> really am running, uh, running out of the will to live. Let me see. I've literally went on YouTube here to look at something to see if I can put something on for two seconds. Um, arm protection for what? What's this? Oh, it's a fucking advert. Turn that off. That company doesn't need free advertising. Yeah, so that video was called Arm Protection for London's Most Expensive Street. That's the stage we've got to. There's the alarm. It's time to go speak to you soon or not I might just fucking chuck this bye